Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Today, we are going to have a really fun conversation. At least I'm looking forward to this conversation because I know I personally struggle with this too. Today's guest is Abby Hagney, and Abby is a board-certified health and mindset coach and owner of Wellness with Abby. She helps women to quiet their inner mean girl and feel healthier and more confident without restrictions, deprivation, or guilt. Abby has a one-on-one coaching program called Confident Mind and Body in which she helps women do just that in a customized approach that works for them, their goals, and their life. Have you heard the news? We started a brand new membership program called My Nutrition Coach and you're invited to join. At Bodymetrics, most of our clients come to us through their medical health insurance plan. Unfortunately, most insurances don't offer enough sessions to see big results. And some plans, they don't cover nutrition services at all. At Bodymetrics, we are passionate about helping our clients see results and making nutrition accessible to everyone. That's why we created My Nutrition Coach, a program that offers education and accountability between one-on-one sessions and an affordable option for those without coverage. Inside the membership, you'll get access to weekly teachings, nutrition-focused goals to work on, recipes, a private community page for support, a video resource library, and an opportunity to ask questions to a real dietitian. This helpful program is available right now for only $9.99 a month, or $99 if you sign up annually. But it's important to us to make sure we're a good fit for you, so we're offering a special 30-day free trial if you sign up now. To start your free 30-day trial, simply go to bodymetricshealth.com and click on the Programs tab. There, you will see My Nutrition Coach. Simply click for more information and to join. We can't wait to see you inside the membership. Abby, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat. Yes, me too. So tell us a little bit more about you um, and how you got into this line of work. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a health and mindset coach. I really focus on the mindset piece and that really comes from my experience. So I grew up battling my own inner mean girl. Um, and she was a voice inside my head that always told me that I wasn't thin enough. My legs were too bulky. They should be slimmed down. I was too short, all of the things. Um, that I needed to restrict my food in order to be healthy. Food was good and bad. That played a really big role in my life. And that movement was really like punishment for eating the bad foods or not enough of the good foods. And this was a story that I built up over time to the place where it really felt very factual to me. And I just thought this is what women and young girls, I say young girls because I started about 12 years old. Um, I thought this is just what we did. I thought this was normal life. And it wasn't until 
I became pregnant with my first child, um, who just turned nine that I realized how unhealthy I had been most of my life. And it was at that point in time that I allowed myself to actually hear that voice inside my head and to hear how harmful it had really been to my life in terms of just feeling like I had no control, um, criticizing myself, stealing joy for my everyday moments um, that I knew I had to change. And I came across health coaching and that really lit a fire in me. I felt like this is something that so many women really could benefit from. And so I knew right then and there, like I had to become a health coach. I was, in, you know, I had a career in corporate and nonprofit in a very different field. Um, and I just knew right then and there that I had to do it. And so I got to work and started it part-time and then eventually moved into it full-time and have been continuing it ever since then. But that's kind of where it all came from. So using your own personal struggles, and recognizing, hey, maybe I'm not the only person that is struggling with this and I could potentially help others. Yes. Yes. And I think that was the big thing. Like you said, like, I knew I can't be the only person. Like, I'm not like this, like golden nugget, like, like dropped out of the sky that has this problem, right? Like this is something, and it looks different for all of us, but I just knew like, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. And now we're living in a time where I think it's even more prominent with social media and so much more available at our fingertips. I mean, celebrities are right there. All of like the latest trends and fad diets and crazy trends that are out there, right? That's all available to us. And so having that support and just the awareness of how much our thoughts play into our everyday decisions, I think is so beneficial to help pull us back and to help support, you know, the decisions that we want to be making, the decisions that we're working with, you know, somebody like you or our doctors with, and like just moving us closer towards, towards our goal versus deeper into the hole that we can get ourselves into. Well, and I think just to add to that, you mentioned that, you know, social media and the access to all this information, which we then can internalize or, or, you know, give our mean girl a microphone, but how much criticism we see on social media, how nasty we have become hiding behind the lens of a screen. Like, not only are we, we having these own thoughts about what we should be looking like and how we should be eating and how we should be moving our bodies. But then on top of that, we just, our exposure to nastiness mm. got to play a role, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that plays such a big role that we don't even realize in our lives. And I think that's both the external like nastiness, but also the internal nastiness that we have for ourselves is the amount of time and energy we spend in that space without even recognizing it. And I know for me, like 
it used to be like, I felt like I had no time. I was so busy all of the time. I couldn't possibly take any time for myself or to do the things that I really wanted to be doing. And when I really looked at it, it was, I was spending so much time and energy beating myself up, looking in the mirror and criticizing myself, looking online and trying to find the right thing to be doing. And I think with social media now, we get sucked into this hole of, what's this person saying? Or this person said this. And then, well, I've got to read all of these, you know, thousand comments now. And it's like, how much time and energy are you putting towards things that aren't actually moving you closer to your goal? Right. And it's not to say that you can't do those things if you choose to do them, but just recognizing what role is that playing in your life? Is it bringing you down? Is it adding to your stress, adding to your overwhelm? Is that worth it to you, right? And then from that awareness, you can make a decision, right? Like it's about releasing the judgment and making a decision. Like, yeah, you know what? I want to scroll on social media for however long because I'm tired and I'm mind it's mindless. And but bring the awareness to that and create a choice for yourself. I, I really like that because you just sparked this thought in my head. Like, what if after I scroll, and I'm talking about myself personally, but obviously anybody listening can try this as well. Um, but I'm thinking for myself, like after I have a moment on social media, like ranking on a scale of one to 10, like how do I feel yeah. now you know, that I've done this activity? Has that made me feel better about myself, worse about myself, better about my day? And, you know, and starting to like, maybe I record it somewhere and start looking for patterns and trends. And, you know, if I'm recognizing that I'm always feeling worse than better, that to me will point to how often do you want to do this? Right. Like, cause obviously I want to be putting my time and energy and effort into things that make me feel good, mm-hmm. not things that tear me down. Yes. And I love that. Like, I'm so glad you said that, like that awareness and like, be honest with yourself. I think a lot of the times we run from the honesty, right? We're scared to be honest with ourselves of like, what, what did I give up here? What did I choose to do? How does it really make me feel? But that honesty is really the key to recognizing, like you said, these patterns, like, am I continuing to do things that don't make me feel good? Whether that is social media, or maybe it's shopping, right? A lot of the times we turn to shopping, like, oh, if I buy this, I'm going to feel so much better. And now you're like, well, now I've just spent all this money and I didn't actually need that thing. Or maybe it's food or, you know, for me, I used to be like, well, I'm going to go out and run. That's going to make me feel better. But really the whole time I was running, it was like, well, I'm only running because I ate this and I was beating myself up for burning. So how do you really feel when you're done? And that'll also help you to recognize what's bringing you energy, what's lifting you up, what's making you feel good that you want to come back to, what plays a bigger role in your life that you want to continue to play that role. And what can you just let go of? Yeah. So I want to go back to this whole idea of this inner mean girl, because I think so many people can resonate with it. So where do you think it comes from? Or, you know, at what age does she start to show up? And do we even recognize her? Yeah. You know, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. I wish I knew exactly what age it 
does show up because I feel like that would be so helpful because then we could run in there and I say to like moms and caregivers and and be like hey like let's hit this before it shows up but I think it's different for everybody and I think as things continue to evolve that changes too right as we look at like social media and kids with phones and um you know even what people are saying in schools um and for me it started uh, a coach had made a comment I was it in gymnastics, I was about 12 years old. And one day he just made a comment about being careful not to gain weight. Gymnasts are meant to be small. And I heard that comment like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing something wrong. I've got to change it. I've got to really focus on it. And that just created this ripple. And again, I didn't realize that it was an inner mean girl because I thought I was doing everything right. Like I thought like I'm supposed to stay small. So I've got to focus all of my time and energy on staying small. And for me, it was, you know, going to the local convenience store and seeing a magazine there and being, you know, seeing like the perfect meal plan to lose 10 pounds or the perfect, you know, thigh slimming workout. And I would buy that magazine. I'd rip all the things out and I'd keep them in binders in my room thinking like, okay, if I do this, this will happen. And it just created this, this spiral of, okay, well now I did this and I didn't get the 10 pounds that it promised, or my legs don't look any different. So I must be doing it wrong. It was just a compounding effect. And I think that really shows up differently for everybody. Some of it is, you know, maybe we have a parent who has been dieting or very critical of their bodies. I hear that from my clients a lot of like, well, my mom really struggles. Like she still struggles with her body image. She's always been on a diet. She makes comments to me. And, you know, so it could start with the environment that we grew up in. It could start from something like a magazine or a coach or one comment in school, right? Of just somebody saying something something that we take very personally and it just sticks with us and we don't know at that point in time the effect that it's having on our lives we don't have the awareness to see oh wait I'm thinking this about that thing that they said to me and I'm making this mean something about me like I hear what you're saying I'm just I'm trying to think about like how do we do a better job at identifying like, hey, I just think, okay, so let me try to articulate this in a better way. So we have how many thoughts that come in and out of our brain all day long? We have how many comments that we hear from other people all day long? What makes some comments stick and then therefore creating a whole story around it? And what, what are, why do we let some thoughts go and some we give more attention to? Yeah. I, my experience and from working with clients is that deep down, we believe the comments that stick to us, whether they feel easier to us to believe or whether it's something we had already in us, right? Like for me, it felt easier for me to believe that I should be thinner. I should be taller. I should, because I just looked around and I saw everybody and I was the shortest one. And, you know, my body was very different. And so for me, it was very easy to believe I should look different, right? I should look like my best friend who is tall and thin. And I should look like this person on the magazine who is tall and thin, right? It was just very easy for me to believe that thought, right? It was very hard for me 
to find confidence in my body when I was looking around and seeing people that looked very different than me. Um, I probably had some layer of that thought already in me from something, whether it was, you know, already seeing magazines or whatever. And then when I heard it, it just stuck. Um, so I think it's, it's partly ease. And then I think the more we think about things, right, the more we think about that comment that somebody made to us and we play it over and over in our heads, the more we then believe it, the more it becomes like factual versus, wait a minute, this is just something somebody said to me. So I always, I believe, I'll say it this way, that the reason we hold on to habits, whether positive or negative, is because they're they're offering us something. Yeah. Otherwise, we would drop them. Yeah. What do you think this inner mean girl, what does she have to offer that allows us to keep her around? Yeah. So I think the number one thing is I think she offer we think she offers us motivation, right? Mm -hmm. We think, oh, if she tells me I need to lose this weight or I need to only eat these foods, these foods are good and these foods are bad, or I need to look like that, that's going to motivate me to take action towards my goals. That's going to make me um, go out there and make sure I'm eating all of the right foods and I'm really quote unquote good, right? And that's gonna keep me on track. We have these thoughts that we need that inner mean girl voice to motivate us into action. But what actually ends up happening is that that inner mean girl only frustrates us, right? only beats us down gets us to a point where we may take action, but eventually we give up because it's so hard to continue that battle, right? It's just like, if you were in a, a fight, right? If you look at like boxers in a ring, they have to take a break, right? <laughs> like they have 10 rounds or however many rounds you have when you're in a boxing match. They have to take a break because it's so hard. It's so energy consuming and time consuming to get out there and battle. And that eventually is what happens when we're listening to that inner mean girl, it's so much to go all in. It's like that all or nothing mindset always leads us to nothing because it's too much to carry for too long. And eventually we're going to give up and then we get back into it, right? We're like, okay, I'm going to get back into it because, you know, summer's over and I let myself go in the summer or winter's coming or whatever the case may be. And then we try to use that negative voice again to motivate us into action. But really, we just end up in this negative cycle. And if you've ever started and stopped something and started and stopped something again, you know this, right? Like, I'll be good on Monday. I'll start over on Monday. But until we start to just change that tune a little bit, we're always going to be starting and stopping because it's too hard to keep it going. Mm -hmm. Does she offer anything else besides motivation or is that the key reason for keeping her around? I think it's motivation. I think, again, it's comfort. For most of us, it's what we know, right? She keeps us, it's like our primitive brain is talking. Our primitive brain is always there to keep us safe. It's like when we used to, our ancestors like used to run from tigers or bears or whatever was out there, right? It's like, there's danger here. The same is true when we have to make decisions that are new decisions for us, are creating new habits that are new for us. 
it's uncomfortable. It steps us out of our comfort zone. And that's when that primitive brain, that inner mean girl is going to pop up and be like, hold up, wait a minute. Do you really want to do this? Are you sure about that? You really want to go against the things that you've been doing and, and do this thing? I don't know. I don't know if you really want to do that. I don't know if you can stick with it. You know, whatever you, you failed before, you can try it, but it's not going to work. Like whatever that story is, it really is trying to keep you safe, but in a way that keeps you comfortable and out of what you really want, right? It keeps us in like a long-term discomfort versus let me just step across that line into the discomfort in order to create the things that I actually want to create and feel healthier and feel more confident. Right. I can see the comfort part. Yeah. I may not like her, but I know her voice. Yeah. Like an old friend. And mm. in moments, I'm going to revert back to that old friend versus trying something new and potentially trying to make a new friend. Like that feels scary, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. It's like it's hard to make new friends, right? Yes. And a lot of the times we're like, I don't want to make new friends. I'm good with the ones I've got, right? Yes, I'm, I'm trying to decrease my friends. I don't want more. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. And I think that is a really great point, right? A lot of the times we say, I'm fine. I'm fine where I am. It's okay, right? I'm fine if I don't create this change. It's fine if I don't actually achieve this goal, right? We tell ourselves that we're fine. But the reality is if we have goals, we're not fine where we are because we know that there's something more for us. We know that we could feel better on the other side, that maybe we'll have less stress on the other side, or we'll have more energy, or we'll be more productive, or whatever that thing is that you're going for. You're not fine where you are if you know that it's better on the other side. But like that old friend, like I'm just going to sit here with her. I'm going to have a cup of tea and I'm just going to enjoy her company. I'm going to keep myself back. But if you really question it, am I really fine where I am? No, you're not. If you know you want something more. Yeah. So I know you gave a couple of examples already, but what are some of the sentences that the inner mean girl is notorious for? Mm, oh, yeah. Um, so I think a lot of the ones that come up for myself, for my clients are, I'm so busy. I don't have the time. Um, I hear I work with a lot of moms and it's everybody else needs me. I couldn't possibly do this, right? Or I need to be the one to do this. Um, I think other things that come up more towards um, like types of habits would be labeling food is good or bad. I can't have that. I shouldn't eat that. Oh, that's, you know, too many calories. Or if I eat that, I'm going to have to do this. Um, making up for things comes up a lot. Well, you know, I've got to, I overindulged this weekend. So now I need to make up for it. I'm going to start again. I'm going to be good. Um, uh, let's see what else I'm trying to think of, like from a, from a workout routine, it's like, you know, I'll start on Monday, like those types of like repeated things that I would say anything that just pushes it out a little bit more or, um, dismisses any sort of progress that you have made, like it's not good enough is a big thing. Also othering, I call it othering when we look at other people and we think, 
oh, but they have it easier. They have more time. I, you know, I have to commute to work and they don't, so they can do it or they don't have to do this. It's like, we look at others and we think like, well, they can do it, but I can't. So where are you maybe comparing yourself or othering yourself and making yourself the exception in a way that's not helping you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so constantly telling you it's not good enough dismissing progress that you have made in comparison. Is that right? Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so I know everybody's inner mean girl is going to look a little bit different. The biggest question is how do we get her to be quiet? Mm, yeah. That's the, and can we make her just go away or maybe not? Yeah. Um, so let's start with that because I don't believe, and somebody could, correct me or, or give me other thoughts on that. And I welcome that. I don't believe that our goal should ever be for her to go away. I don't think she will ever go away. I think that is just our underlying safety or human nature to come up. Like you said, we have what over 70,000 thoughts a day, half of them, more than half of them, I think are negative thoughts. That's again, our safety zone. I think if we set ourselves up to make her go away, we're setting ourselves up to feel like we're failing. So my goal with my clients and with myself is that it's never about making her go away. You know, I struggled with this for over 20 years. I have her reined in, I would say about 90% of the time, right? She still pops back up. There are still days where I have those same comments. It's not about, I have to like completely rid myself of those. It's okay. How can I have them and not fall into that trap? How can I have them and not believe them? How can I have them and still decide that I'm going to do something to move me further away from them? And I think that really comes with the awareness of it. So I don't even think that we can start this work until we really know what that voice sounds like for us. Like you said, it's going to look different for all of us. What does that inner mean girl sound like for you? And what I would offer to all of the listeners is take a moment and write down, like, let that inner mean girl come in and like write down everything that she has to say with you. Just like stream of thought writing. Don't put any judgment to it. Don't question it. Don't think like, oh, I shouldn't be saying that. It's very cathartic to get it out of your head and onto paper and then to really be able to look at this and be like, I can't believe I'm saying this stuff to myself. And you may even read it and be like, this isn't true, <laughs> but we don't even know until we can hear that voice for ourselves. And once you do that, to be able to look at it again, without any judgment for it and just to recognize, well, this is the story that I'm telling myself. Are there any parts of the story that help me? Are there any parts of the story that I want to hold on to here? Like, yeah, you know what? This one thing actually really does move me forward. Keep those things and then allow yourself to start practicing like, okay, here's my one thought. This doesn't feel good to me. I want to let it go. What can I tell myself that's going to feel a little bit better? And I wouldn't say it as like a mantra that you hope would be true one day. Like, what can you really believe about your body? Like for me, as an example, my legs have 
always been a sticking point for me. I'm about five one. I have short legs. They've always been very muscular. And I used to use that against myself. They were too bulky. They were too big. They were too short. All of the things, right? And so I started looking at that and being like, wow, that's a really horrible story that I'm telling myself. I don't like that story. What can I move closer to? And for me, I just had to start with like, these are my legs, right? Like I couldn't even go to something that felt like it was a positive or like it was a beneficial, like come back to that. It was just like, these are my legs. And then I could get to, these are my legs and they were really strong. And then it was, these are my legs and they helped me to keep up with my kids and I can lift them up. And now it's still like, oh my gosh, like I'm so lucky to have these legs. Like they are strong and they are muscular, but they're my legs. And I've worked hard for them because I continue to work out. I continue to build that strength, but it's finding like, what is the truth that you can tell yourself that just stops you from criticizing your body and moves you closer to acknowledgement and then acceptance. And then eventually you can get into the light and the loves. And the gratitude. And the gratitude, yes. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that an integral part of the process is you have to replace the thought? You have to give your brain a new direction to go to. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to think that anymore. Because just the absence of of that thought will probably just invite another thought to come in and replace. So being very intentional, is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, I think being intentional is the key, right? It's being intentional that you can hear that thought and choose to not believe it. Being intentional that you can hear that thought and let it go. Or you can hear that thought and just allow it to be there, right? Because sometimes that is the thing. Like, I'm just going to have her tell me that my legs look really bulky and I don't like them and just not go down that negative spiral, right? So that intention could be that you just sit with the thought and then it may be that you move to something else, right? I think practicing moving it to something else is really powerful, but sometimes we can't even go there, right? Like I had something recently, not even about my body or anything, but it was like, I couldn't even get myself to think of like what positive thought would bring me out of this, right? Like I'm just having these thoughts that it's not working, that I feel stuck. And it was like, my brain was like a blank slate. Like I really could not think of anything but those negative thoughts. And in getting coached through it, it was like, I'm just going to like, let this be. I'm just going to allow these thoughts to be here. I'm not going to go down that negative spiral. I can't go to the other side. I'm just going to let them be. And I'm going to decide to continue to like put one step in front of the other. Like I can still take action knowing those thoughts are here and not believing them without going to like, I have to replace them with something. So it's really identifying like what like does something come up for you that you want to replace it with, in which case go for it. But if you can't even get there, if you're like, I don't even know what I would think right now, this feels so strong. It's pulling me. Just don't allow it to pull you down there. Like hold steady with just being very neutral with that voice trying to pull you. Right. It's like those, like, the, like I'm thinking of like a palm tree in a hurricane, right? Like it like wants to pull it, but it's like staying firmly rooted and like, I'm not going that way. I'm going to just stay here. And then eventually you'll move to like the sunnier 
spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because um, I think my whole thing is, well, I got to replace it right away. I got to get rid of it. And I got to come up with another thought. But sometimes the stress of trying to come up with another thought is hard. So like you said, just sitting with it yeah. and just letting it be and not taking action, getting comfortable with uncomfortable yeah. allows you probably to be more creative and open to solutions. Yeah. We don't have to feel good all the time, right? Like yeah. we're not meant to feel good all of the time, but I think we often fear feeling bad. And that's why we turn to food. We turn to social media. We turn to shopping. We turn to things to make us feel better in that moment because it, it's hard to feel uncomfortable. It's hard to feel frustrated. It's hard to feel stressed. It's hard to feel sad and all of those things. But sometimes that's exactly what we need just to know, like, I can feel stressed and be safe. Like my body is safe. I am safe. I don't need anything to make me feel better. I just need to know, like, I'm okay right now. And I also need to know, like, I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. So let me just sit with how does this make me feel? Why do I feel this way? What's coming up and just recognizing all of the surrounding things that may be causing you that stress. Like, what are you thinking? What's happening in your life that's causing this stress? And can you be okay with that? Because it's probably going to come back at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I just, I'm paralleling some of this to like eating disorders, disordered eating, because, you know, obviously with an eating disorder, um, you have, there might be lots of mean girls in the room, or they feel like they're all saying the same thing. And, you know, one of the techniques is, is calling it out by name. Like this is the anorexia talking. This is not you talking. This is anorexia or whatever that eating disorder may be. Do you think it's helpful to call her out? And, you know, is that a technique or a tactic to help disassociate you from those thoughts so that you can move forward? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why I've kind of labeled it like this inner mean girl, right? And it could be whatever you want it to be. I know somebody the other day was like, oh, it's my judge, right? Like it's that like judgy voice in my head telling me what to do. Somebody else calls it like they're like, um, like Helga brain or something like that. That's like this like really harsh thing. So I think just being able to label it and recognize it. And again, when you get those thoughts out of your house. So like the anorexia brain, like what is that anorexia brain? What are the most common things that come up in that person's brain when it's in that zone, right? Like when my inner mean girl is there, like what's the most common things that come up? And you can even break that down by your life, right? Like what comes up for you when that inner mean girl talks to you about food and movement, but also like your partner or your kids or your work, like what are those voices and being able to recognize them? And then how do, how do those, that story, like the stories that play out that inner mean girl story, like how do they make you feel? And I think being able to recognize that and call that out in advance can be really helpful so that you can then make the decision moving forward. And what I do with my clients is we create like a protocol with them. Like, okay, so here are all of those stories that your inner mean girl tells you. Here's how she makes you feel. What do you want to do when she comes up, right? Like deciding in advance, like, okay, when I hear this, 
here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm going to take action or I'm not going to take action in this place, or I'm going to allow myself to sit with it. But just making those decisions in advance, you may or may not actually follow through with them, but it gives you this like little micro moment in time that just allows you to check in with yourself because that voice pops in and you're like, oh yeah, this is my inner mean girl. This is my anorexia voice. Like, this is what I already know about it. This is what I've decided about it. What am I going to do in this moment? What do I want to do in this moment? Because mm-hmm. I'm guessing creativity is not one of our strengths in this moment. So pre-deciding <laughs> is, what, is what's really helpful. Oh, creativity is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think you you made a good point too. It's sometimes easier to recognize feeling a certain way before it's easy to recognize the thought behind it. Yes, absolutely. Right. So it's like, oh, well, what do you think? I don't know what I'm thinking. I just know I don't feel great right yeah. now. Okay. So let's start with that. Yes. You know, and then back it up to the thought behind it and then coming up with a thought that, you know, is equally true, but also kind and helpful. Yes. And recognizing like, just as we name that voice inside our heads, naming those feelings, what does that feeling actually feel like in your body? Where do you feel it in your body so that you can recognize it? Like for me, it's like always in my shoulders. Like I carry all of my stress, all of my overwhelm in my shoulders. And that's my first indication, right? Of like, there is like a literal weight in the back of my shoulders right now. What is happening And then I can start to recognize, okay, these things are going on. Schedules are changing. I didn't get this time for myself. You know, I've got this extra thing on my calendar, whatever it may be, you can recognize this is causing me this stress, this overwhelm that I'm carrying on my back. What are my thoughts then about this? Like those thoughts may be like, I don't have time for this. I can't handle this. There's too much going on. This shouldn't be happening, right? Like I, this should all be aligning just like I want it to align. And now we've got this extra thing. And it's, it's like you said, like we can back into it, right? And also recognizing when I feel this tension, what are my default actions, right? For me, I tend to spiral in the overwhelm. I'll go and like do the laundry or clean the house or do things that don't actually take me out of the overwhelm. It's like my cover-ups. So like, what are the actions that I take when I feel this way? What do I want to do differently? Like, let me just take a moment. For me, it's always taking a moment. Let me just take a moment. Let me sit with it. And let me just decide from that moment of calm versus that moment of like, oh my gosh, all of this stuff. And then I go into my default. Do you recommend seeking out a distraction in this moment or? Especially in the early stages of this, just simply because that's going to be a little bit of the awareness and the recognition and then the changing of the habit, right? Like if you can go from, okay, I'm feeling this way or I'm thinking this thing and I want to do this instead, that can help to distract you, right? Like I just got off a call with a client and she was saying like her default is to tell herself that she's always tired, but she realizes she tells herself she's tired. She goes down the spiral of not actually doing the things that she needs to do, just thinking about all these things. So now she is starting to, every time she feels tired, she goes and does something like she puts herself into action 
and then distracts herself from that thought of I'm so tired. And then she recognizes, well, I actually have the energy to go and do this thing. So now that she's done that, she's now working on every time that thought I'm so tired pops into her mind. She comes back with, what do I have the energy for right now? Mm -hmm. Because that thought I'm tired has not been serving or it's become her default. She already knows she can take action. So like, what is the energy? What do I have the energy for now? And then it's just layering it on from there. Hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I sometimes use the example, can I just blank? Mm. Like, can I just do this one small action step and try to use momentum to carry me forward instead of the paralysis that usually you know, my inner mean girl, she often says like, you just have so much to do. You have so much to do. And then just that statement without even looking at my, my calendar and my list, I already begin to feel overwhelmed. Oh, well, maybe I should just check Instagram first before I look at the project list, even though the project list may be small, but in my head, oh, it's another day. I have so much to do. And I automatically start to shut down when I hear that. Yeah. And be like, you know what? Is that true? Like, do you yes. really have a lot to do? Because, you know, scrolling on social media for four hours feels like a lot of time to get things done. Yes. Yes. I love that you said that. The first thing that popped into my mind when you said, like, I have so much stuff to do is to question, is this true? Mm-hmm. Is this true? And then that at least allows you to look at your schedule right? To look at the things in front of you. And then you can start to question, okay, I I don't have enough time or I have so much stuff to do. And then you can just bring it back a little bit. What do I have time for right now? What can I do right now? You could scroll social media, but that's not helping you to do all of the things that you have to do. So Mm -hmm. is it true? And what can I do right now? All right. So I'm making a list right now. What are better questions we can ask. Is this true? What can I do? Do you have any other Um, that you like? Who would you be without that thought? I think is a really good one. Like again, being very honest with yourself, who would you be if you just let go of that thought? I have so much stuff to do, right? Like my client, I said to her, who would you be if you just never said I'm tired anymore? For me, it was I'm so busy, right? That was like my default. I talked to my mom, what's going on? Oh, I'm just so busy, right? It was like, I didn't even think about like what's been going on. I just automatically went through, I'm so busy. Or my friends, I don't know. I don't know if I have time, I'm so busy. And I'm like, what? Like, what if I wasn't so busy? And what I found was me telling myself all of the time that I'm so busy created stress created overwhelm and created me just being busy all of the time because I spent so much time not doing things that I needed to do or that I wanted to do or just getting those off my plate. And so I just decided I'm just not going to tell myself that I'm so busy. It's not that I'm not busy. It's not that I don't have things to do. I just don't say those words. I'm so busy anymore. And what I have found is I actually have plenty of time in the day to do the things that I want to do. I'm just very intentional about my thoughts, about the words that I choose to use, right? Like we have a lot going on, but I'm choosing to do these things, right? Like I'm choosing 
to work. I'm, and you know, everybody who's like, but I have to work. I would still offer, like we choose to work because we choose a certain lifestyle, right? Even if that is just getting by some days, right? Like we're still choosing to work to just get by. I'm choosing for my kids to be involved in sports, even though it takes me hours and hours of my day to get them here, there and everywhere, but I'm choosing for them to experience different things and to live their lives, right? I'm choosing to keep my house organized, because it makes me feel calm. It makes, you know, the environment that I want my family to be raised in, you know, it's what I want for my life. So I'm choosing these things. So looking at what are you choosing? Why are you choosing it? And how can you be more intentional about those words, about those choices that you make? Well, I also came up with another thought while you were going through that. Sometimes our inner mean girl, she's not actually saying mean things. Yeah. Sometimes she's just saying untrue things. Mm, yeah. Right. Oh. So sometimes we think if we're not putting ourselves down or we're not self-deprecating in some sort of way, then well, then this doesn't apply to me. But sometimes that inner voice comes at you from another angle. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's really looking at that. Is it moving you closer? Like if you kept this thought if you really played this thought out in your mind, would it get you to where you want to be? Right? Because our thoughts ultimately create our realities, right? It's going to create those feelings in our body. And from those feelings in our body, we take action or we don't take any action at all. And sometimes the inaction is positive and sometimes the action is negative depending on what it is. But those ultimately will drive us to our results. So we need the three of them. We need the thoughts and we need the feelings and we need the actions. But if you really think about, okay, these thoughts that I'm creating will become at some point in time, my reality, is that something that I want to create? Is the I'm so busy all the time something that I want to create? Like for me, I didn't want to feel busy all the time. I wanted to have time for my kids and my work and my friends and adventures and like all of the things, right? Chores and, and rest <laughs> and rest. Yes. Right. <laughs> I want to go get my nails done and my hair done and whatever it is, you know, and just sit down and do nothing. Like Sunday afternoon, I sat down and I did nothing. I was like, this is great right? <laughs> because I had felt like I was in a good place. I had done things. I felt calm. I didn't need to do anything else. Right. And just allowing that, but you also have to allow for rest too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Abby, I'm really enjoying this conversation. So let's try to like kind of uh, summarize if we can in a way, what are like the top three tips that you would give somebody to start to quiet that inner mean girl? Yeah, um, definitely bring awareness to it, right? Just start to notice in your everyday, what are your most, and you can even start with like, what are your three most prominent thoughts that you have every day, start there. Like before you even go to all of them, what are your three most prominent thoughts? Do they feel good for you? What is the feeling that they create in your body? And then with honesty and without judgment, how do those thoughts play out for you? Again, like what's the feeling that it creates? What are the actions that you take or what don't you do? Like look at what you do and what you don't do. How do they really play out in your life? And then you can start to like, ask yourself those questions of like, is this true? Do I want to hold on to this thought? Does this help me? 
And who would I be without it? Just start to like, really, I mean, the awareness is the biggest thing. If you can bring awareness to it and practice it, I think, again, like this is all a practice, right? Like this is work I do all day, every day. And I still have to practice these thoughts because even though I've overcome like my inner mean girl, like body image voice, it shows up in other areas of my life. Right. And that could even be from being a mother. It's showing up in my own business. Right. And a lot of the times it's the same thoughts that, that we have of like, are you really going to be able to do this? Are you going to be able to stick with this? this? You know, you can't do this. Like, who are you thinking you are? Right. Like these thoughts right. pop up over and over again. So like, what are your most prominent thoughts and who would you be if you didn't have them? What would be different for you? What needs to change for you to pull yourself out of those? Do you want to pull yourself out of those? And then just consciously coming back to those choices to do it and know that it is hard, right? I, I always say it's simple, not easy. It will feel hard to do, especially if they are deep rooted thoughts. But on the other side of that hard is that longer term comfort versus staying in the hard. You're just sitting in that long term discomfort. And so moving yourself through that will create more of what you want. Yeah. It's almost like she shows up in different outfits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we put her away, right? She goes back into the closet and then she pops back out wearing something else that you know, on the surface looks fabulous. And then you're like, we need a minute. <laughs> yes. I feel like I, I met you before. You just used to say different words. And yes. yes. Yeah, I'm thinking of, I just watched the new little mermaid with my kids and it's like the, the Ursula who shows up at the end. Right. And she's not like the, the sea witch anymore. She's the, the uh, woman that he's going to marry. It's like, she's still that evil, like voice. She's mm -hmm. just something different. <laughs> so maybe that's what we call her. We just call her Ursula. <laughs> oh, it's just Ursula. She's back. <laughs> yeah. Looking fabulous, but she's back. <laughs> yes, she's back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Abby, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm so appreciative of you coming on and, and having such an honest conversation because I know it's going to be very helpful. Oh, I hope so. So Abby, tell us a little bit more about how we can learn more about you and the work that you do. Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram. My handle is wellness with Abby H. Um, and that's also my website wellness with Abby H. I do send out weekly newsletters with a lot of the same type of mindset shifts, digging into that inner mean girl, um, some tips that you can take forward to help pull yourself out of her and into um, where you want to be. So um, you can jump on that list on my website or Instagram, same sort of information there as well. Great. So we always end each episode with a recipe. So I'm going to invite you to share maybe one of your favorites that some of our listeners could enjoy as well. Yeah. So I am on a huge kick right now with the recipe that I'm going to share. It's um, what I call a chocolate breakfast pudding. So I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible, where it's two tablespoons each of chia seeds, ground flax seed, and cacao powder, two scoops of protein powder, and then one tablespoon of peanut butter or almond butter. You can also leave that out for a nut-free option. 
and one cup of unsweetened almond milk or a nut-free version if needed. And you just mix them all together, mix them really well, store it in an airtight container in your fridge overnight or for up to two hours. And you have this delicious, nutritious breakfast, snack, whatever you want it to be. And it tastes like chocolate pudding. I even give it to my kids. So I can even see this being good, like as an after dinner dessert, or, you know, if you just want that little bit of a chocolate fix, but wanting to do something that's more nutritious for your body. Yes, it is very rich and fudgy. And I've been having it just about every day for <laughs> the last couple of weeks. <laughs> that's how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> you like it too. Yeah. Well, it's, and you haven't gotten sick of it yet. So it must yeah. be it it's, sounds delicious. Yeah. And then you can top it with any, you know, I throw some berries in there, bananas, um, even some, you know, vanilla yogurt, a little dollop of that on the top. It, it's yours to make fancy. Do you use a chocolate protein powder for that? Or do you? I actually flavor? use vanilla, but that's only because that's what I have on hand. Most time it would be even chocolate with the chocolate, I would say if you have chocolate protein powder, you probably don't need the cacao powder, but I use it because I have um, vanilla. Yeah. Have you ever tried like the peanut butter powder with that? Or have you just used the nut butter? I've just used nut butter, but you you could sub that as well. Um, I left it out the other day and I didn't even realize it until afterwards. Um, and then I added a little bit to the top the next day because I make two batches at one time. Okay. Um, and yeah, you could do whatever. And I've also left the cacao powder out and done just more of a vanilla peanut butter um, version of it. Also very good. I feel like you can't go wrong here. Can't go wrong. No. And I hope everybody loves it. Cause like you said, it was like a nice little dessert. I gave my husband a bite last night and I was like, well, let me have a scoop of this after dinner. It was, it was good. Yeah. You shared. That was nice. I did. I shared with my husband and two kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abby, thanks again. I really do appreciate uh, you coming on the show today. That was very, very helpful. Awesome. Thank you for having me. This is beneficial to all your listeners to just start thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, all right, guys, uh, that is our episode for today. Once again, as always, thank you so much for listening and joining in and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.